Hey, this is Mark Rees-Thomas, co-founder and consultant in Rees-Thomas Law. If you're wanting to learn how to embrace change and navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, Dennis Genutsov. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Hey, welcome to the show, Leadership is Changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run at the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. The purpose of the show is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today. If we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, then they can inspire real change. It is now time to adapt in our fast-moving world. Today, our guest is a good friend of mine. His name is Mark Rees Thomas. And Mark is based in New Zealand and is married with two children. His career has included working in government, education, and IT organizations in both the legal and human resources fields. In 2006, Mark formed a specialist firm in which he specializes in organizational design, change management, and employment law. Mark mainly works in the government sector, leading large-scale transformational change programs. Most recently, Mark has been involved in merging 16 tertiary educations as part of New Zealand's education reform program. Mark, welcome to the show. Great to be here, Dennis. Thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome. Hey, um, so Mark, I've just introduced you there a little bit, but just tell us more about your background. So Dennis, I was one of those people who went to university having no idea what I wanted to do. I started studying accounting, and after one year, I realized that was definitely not for me. So I finished that degree, but I also finished a law degree. And I guess since then, I have had a number of career turning points where I've practiced law, I've gone into HR, I've ended up running outsourcing deals around the world and and designing operating models. And, And so now what I do is combine the legal aspects and the change management aspects. And it's a lot of fun. Awesome. And when you say a lot of fun, what's the fun part about it? I mean, change is change. Isn't that difficult? I love coming into organizations, Dennis, where they have a huge gnarly problem and they just don't know where to start. And often there are leaders that people are looking to and those leaders don't want to say they don't know where to start. And so I love building relationships at a senior level, but then dropping right down to people on the ground and, and helping them through that change. Yeah, awesome. Mark, if I was to ask you who your favorite leader is, now this person could be alive or they could be, you know, from history. Who is your favorite leader and why? You know, Dennis, it's interesting you ask that. There's a lot of people who have influenced me, but I've got to tell you that hands down, the greatest leader in my view who has ever walked this earth is Jesus. And whatever views you have of religion or Christianity, his leadership, in my view, is unequaled. 
the way he led himself and those around him is remarkable. And, I, and I'll offer a few thoughts on that, Dennis, if that's okay. Yeah, go for it. The interesting thing is that if you pick up any good book on leadership, you'll discover that Jesus lived out all of those main leadership principles. In fact, many of the books draw on the things that he said and did. And we're really just rediscovering the life he lived now, uh, and we're putting it into leadership books. For example, today's buzzword is servant leadership. In Mm. other words, to be a great leader, you have to serve those who you lead. Well, that's exactly what Jesus did. He just did that. And get this, he did it at the age of 30, which is remarkable. Um, but, you know, the, the other thing that really astounds me when, it, when you think about him as a leader is he was a guy who entered life with all the hurdles you could imagine, all the obstacles. He was born without a biological father. Just think about that. People looked at him and said, you're illegitimate. They had another word for him, Dennis, which I won't say, but that's what they. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way they saw him. He was from the smallest and most insignificant clan of the Jewish race. They knew that. And he was from a place called Nazareth that was so small, it's where the shepherds used to dwell. In fact, there was a saying that went around, and it was, can anything good come from Nazareth? Imagine coming from a place like that, wanting to change the world. He had no formal training. So with all of that background, he changed the people around him. He broke down a a political and religious system, and and he changed the world, let's be honest. He changed it for thousands of years and to the point that people were willing to die for him. He never wrote a book, but they say, I've heard it said, that the the libraries can't contain the books that are written about him. So why do I consider him as my favourite leader? Well, he demonstrates that leadership's not about where you were educated, what position you have in a company, who you know. Leadership is all about who you choose to be. So that's someone who I've I've just been meditating on the last you know last few months. Funnily, you asked that question. Yeah, amazing. And so the person you want to be, I mean, I I think there's a lot of people that go into organizations or they have a title or they've been in an organization for a long time and their whole identity is around that role or around that organization. So what you're saying here is that, you know, who do you want to be as a person? Is is that what you're saying there, Mark? Is that? Absolutely. And some of the most remarkable leaders I've worked with are not people with titles. They're people with influence. That people who have chosen to be who they want to be. Yeah, and that's the beautiful thing is there's that word influence, right? So mm-hmm. that's real leadership whereby people can influence others as well. And if you can't influence, then you're probably not a leader. Or if you're out for, as uh, John Maxwell says on a lot of times, he says, if you're out uh, going for a walk and you, you've got a group of people following you because you've influenced them, that's great. If you're out there going for a walk and you're by yourself, you're just going for a hike. That's all it is. That's right. Yeah. Hey, so when I say the uh, the name of the show is Leadership is Changing, and when I say that term or that statement or that title of the show, well, what does that mean for you? Dennis, I'm sitting here in, in Wellington, New Zealand, in my home office because I'm still working from home coming out of COVID. And, you know, looking on my wall, I have a few things that inspire me, which um, I've captured over the years. And one of the statements on my wall is this. It says, today has immense purpose. And, you know, Dennis, I often stand in the shower in the morning and I declare that. I say that to myself, today has immense purpose. And why is that important? Well, when I enter the workplace or I meet a client, I'm running an executive planning day or whatever it might be, if I believe that today has immense purpose, it transforms what I bring to the table. Uh, Last year, my wife and I were um, privileged to travel to India 
and we met a fascinating guy who who taught me about purpose. And his name was T. Raja. And I'll tell you briefly his story. He was a guy who had been in prison. He came out of prison and wanted to change his life. And he was he was riding a rickshaw. That was his job. And he saw someone in the gutter who was dying. And he thought to himself, who is going to look after this guy? And it, it dawned on him that he was the one asking the question because he was the one that should actually answer it. And so he took this guy home and looked after him. You know, five years later, which is when we met him, he now has, get this, a thousand people whom he houses in a complex. He feeds them every single day, three meals a day. And when we were there, Dennis, people were dying around us. We actually saw people die. And he was showing love and, and care for them. But people were coming to the front door and literally dropping off bags of money. They had caught the purpose of his life and what he was doing. So leadership is changing. How is it changing? Well, I think that people are seeking purpose. And how does mm. it translate to being a leader in the workplace? I think this is a key point, Dennis. We've got to move away from engaging with people at a task level, and we've got to transform to engaging with people at a purpose level. You see, when people know the underlying purpose for why they're doing something, then it shifts the task from their hands to their heart. Ah. And, and I believe, Dennis, if you can't define the purpose of what you're doing other than the money or ticking off the work plan or the strategic plan, well, you know what? It's time to pause and go deeper and ask that question of yourself until you get it because the people that you're leading will know for sure whether you're a person of purpose or a person of just getting the task done. Today has immense purpose. Is that that's the terminology that you see on the wall every day? That's the terminology. My my kids get sick of me saying that to them. <laughs> that's good, man. Uh, today has immense purpose. That's that's beautiful. That's a, that's a very strong quote or um, something you know, affirmation for for somebody to read and and but then bring it to life because mm. that's the key there, Mark. Right, bring it to life. And if you can go into meeting situations, the way that you work with that immense purpose, that's that's where it's important. And so when you talk about purpose, that's really quite interesting because people are looking for the purpose. A lot of people don't know what their purpose is in life or they're not sure what they should be doing or if they're doing the right thing. In other words, they've gone along in a career, they've gone and studied, a bit like that, that what you said right up front, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so their ladder is up against a wall. They climb up that ladder in their career and then they realize they're up against the wrong wall. They should have been on the other wall or a different wall. And so that purpose, I think, is you're so right in what you're saying. That, that is strong. That mm. is, yeah, and it gives sort of meaning about behind what you do rather than being checking spreadsheets, checking boxes off, just doing the day and things day in and day out because I don't know about you, but I think that's, for some people, that might turn them on and, and excite them, but it could be quite boring as well, right? I mean, Absolutely. you got to have that purpose, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and you know what? I really, I really struggle when people say I, I go to work so that I can live. You know, if you're going to work just so to earn money to do something else you like, you got it all wrong. You know, we need to be people who go to work because we find our purpose in some way with the people around us and what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then, then another thing with leadership too, I think based on what you're just saying there, Mark, is that if you can help others with their purpose as a leader and help them get where they want to go to because of their purpose, I think that's another responsibility we have as leaders. What, what do you think about that? Absolutely. 
Yep. 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 All right. So with a lot of change happening in that, so how has your business or industry changed and what demand has that put on you or your team? You know, some years ago, not so long ago, businesses and, and government agencies were changing the way they worked or their operating model every five to 10 years. That is now totally not the case. The speed of change in business and society itself is so fast now that private sector organisations and and government organisations are changing in an iterative, ongoing manner. And what this has done is it's challenged the underlying principles of change management and organisational design, and a lot of books are coming out that are trying to address this. And it's caused us to design and implement new ways of thinking about change in our own organisation and the way we support the organisations that we work with. Change Mm. is no longer an event, and that's a a key point, I think, Dennis, is change is not an event. Some years ago, it was seen as as everyone goes on a journey and there's a a drop-dead date. That's not the case anymore. It's now embedded into the DNA of organisations. And being a change leader is even not really the right terminology. It just is what you have to be if you are a leader. It's not a separate type of leadership. And one of the things we've seen, Dennis, is the need for continual feedback loops from customers and staff and stakeholders to help with that continual change and making sure you're embedding the innovation that you're you're needing to embed. But what it means is that leaders need to be great listeners. And they've got to listen to the various voices around them and adapt continuously to what they're hearing. And I think I'm seeing in business those who are not doing that well. They don't survive. They're too stuck in the way they're doing things and they're not listening to their their clients. The, The fascinating thing is I'm equally learning with our clients and I'm really enjoying that, realizing that I'm not coming with all the answers. I'm learning with my clients as a partnership as opposed to coming with all the answers. So it's a journey. It's a humble journey, Dennis, because, you know, if your client's open to it and as a consultant you're open to it, you can discover the answers together. It's a journey. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like what you're saying about the journey side of things. It's in the DNA of an organization. It's no longer an event. And I think a lot of that too is because there is so much change happening. It's becoming, as people would say, the norm. And it's also so many of it are happening change upon change upon change mm. that you and I have both have seen. And it's never easy, but it is something. But the other thing too I wanted to go back to about what you just said there about people listening so, Mark, what do you think they need to do to be able to listen? Is that something that you go and learn, like from a, a book, or do you go and learn it from a, a university course or a paper? How do you get good at learning, uh, listening? You know, it's funny, Dennis. I had a I had a meeting with a senior government executive a few months ago, and, and then the chief executive spoke to us a week or two after that and said a fascinating thing. She referred to that meeting and said, you know, that executive enjoyed meeting with you. I said, that's great. Why was that? She said, because you listened. And I said to her, what do you mean we listened? Of course we listened. She said, no, you don't understand. There's too many consultants who walk in and they never listen. And, you know, many of us take that for granted, Dennis, that of course you do that. But in fact, there's many, many people, many leaders who just don't sit and ask good questions. One of the things my father often taught me was to ask good questions and say say little but ask a lot of questions and you'll come out knowing more and you'll also come across wiser because you haven't said anything that puts you in the deep end, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. So ask good quality questions and listen. Mm. Yeah. Be present with people. Listen to what they're saying. And is there a way that we can show that we are listening? I mean, is there a way that we can actually sort of sort of help them understand that we are listening? Yeah, absolutely. And and look, we know these things, don't we? They're not rocket science, but doing them is a challenge. And one of the greatest ways you can do that, Dennis, is is checking in that you understand what someone's telling you. And that's just part of what I do in meetings is, you know, I'll ask a question, someone will explain it. And the classic response to that is, let me make sure I understand, or can I ask you just to clarify on ABC, or, or can we capture just what I understand is the key thing that you're saying there? When you say that, it's doing two things. It's helping you really understand, but mm. it's cementing in their mind that you really are listening and you care. Yeah, and probably they're going, finally, someone arrived who actually does listen to what I'm saying or does get me exactly. and understand our situation. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. One, yeah, one of the things I often say, Dennis, when I start a, a complex problem-solving issue or, or change, as I say to the people in the, in the room, you guys know the answer. I don't know the answer, but my job is to get it out of you. And that takes a lot of listening and a lot of questions. Yep. Yeah, and I think there's another part too, Mark, which I think you you do very well, which would be listen to what they say and listen to what they're not saying. And that second part of listening to what they're not saying is that it's in the room or they probably are saying or they're not sure what they're saying, but if you can listen to that piece and bring that to the table, Mm. that even even cements even further that you are really listening to them as well, which is really good. Yes. Hey, if there was one thing you could change in business as a leader today, what well, what would that be, Mark? You know, one of the things that frustrates me the most, Dennis, when I'm meeting with senior executives or chief executives, and, and I say this respectfully as much as I can, is I come away and I think that person is a terrible leader. And they're there because they're functionally good. They're very good at what they do. They're technically very good, and there's no question about that. But in terms of leading people, they're not so good. And, you know, I would rather have a CEO who is a humble person, brilliant at leading people, and who gathers experts around them instead of someone who's just technically good but can't lead people. And I guess what I'd say, Dennis, if I could change things or, or, or offer a piece of advice, I'd say this. Don't be afraid of promoting people or leapfrogging people who are culture leaders instead of promoting the person who seems right on paper. If you do that, it's going to transform your business and your culture, and people will be knocking down the door to work for you. And, of course, the converse is true too. I've seen that personally. I've, the number of times people have said to me that they're, they're moving on, they're looking for other jobs purely for one reason the leader. Mm. Yeah. So people will join an organization, but they will leave because of the leader or a person. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's good. So so a person could be very good in the technical side of things. In other words, their expertise in what they do, that doesn't mean that they're a very good leader at all, or even a leader. And so sometimes uh, some of these people too, Mark, they they are the subject matter expert. They are the technical person. You look around and you go, well, we need a new leader. Oh, they'll do. And then we make them the leader and then they we don't do anything else. We say, good luck, all the best. And then we don't sort of go and support them. Now, that's probably sometimes what we call the frontline leaders that tend to happen. But you would expect for an executive or a senior leader 
that they've got enough experience that they would have already learnt. But it's interesting how that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. How has, and, and this is probably going to be a bit of a segue from what we've just been talking about, and that is how has employees' expectations of leaders changed? It's mm, a good question. Well, reflecting on this, Dennis, leadership used to be partly about how much you knew or how long you'd been with a company or your position. Those things, though, don't resonate with young people. We are in a different time. And they can find out what you know now pretty much by searching on Google. So what you know is no longer that important. Hmm. They don't want to be like you. They don't want to stay in the company for 20 years. So you don't have something that they really want. And the fact that your title as manager or leader is irrelevant to them because they consider their voice as equal to yours. In fact, in their personal life on social media, their voice is equal. They they have an equal voice. So we've got to realize that what is happening and dominating people in their personal life, we've got to make that relevant in the workplace. There obviously needs to be a degree of moderation with this, but leaders need to find mechanisms, and it comes back to this, this point of listening to the voice of employees. And I think we need to move far beyond this, this once-a-year survey to understand how people are doing that. That's so yesterday. That's, that's even sort of 90s approach to life. We've got to embed our, our listening and engagement culture far better. And so that's employees' expectations. And yeah. we see it now. I know I've been working with professional services firms who are really struggling with that because you used to hold out this, um, this token of partnership that people would hang in there for 10 years. People don't want that now. Some do, but the no. majority of employees will have four or five careers anyway by the time they're 35. You mean they don't want to hang out the 10 years, but they still want the role? Oh, they, they just want to have the experience. They want to get great opportunities. They want to get well paid and they want to have their yep. voice heard. Yeah, they do. They do. And they definitely want to hear that voice heard. And they've got a lot to contribute to, which is great. But you're so right. I mean, it's no longer whereby they want to be there for 10 years. As you say, 18 months to two years, they tend to go on and move on to something else. And that's what they're looking for, for sure. So yeah, employees' expectations have changed and continue to change all the time as we're working through with it. Smart leader will understand that and actually work with them to help them be what they need to be and go back to your first comment or one of the first comments around the purpose. If you can understand what the employee's purposes are in life and then the vehicle of what you're working through, the job that they have, if that vehicle can help them get to that purpose and and fulfill that, then you're onto a win-win situation. That's right. Absolutely. Okay. So, we have a fast-paced, ever-changing world. So what makes a leader successful today in this fast-paced, ever-changing world? Mm, mm. We started this conversation, Dennis, talking about Jesus. And, you know, his life speaks directly to this fast-paced, changing world. Why do I say that? Well, he was constantly surrounded by crowds of people night and day, so much so it actually records that he didn't even have time to eat. Mm. And yet the interesting thing is he never seemed panicked. He never seemed rushed, and he was always in complete control. A few years ago, I actually did a study and looked at the life of Jesus, but from a leadership perspective, and I found, funnily enough, Dennis, there were 50 leadership principles, and I thought maybe if I just briefly mentioned three that are very relevant to this question. The first one is this, that he kept a a personal powerhouse alive in his life. 
So even when things got extremely busy and people were surrounding him, he made sure that every single morning he, he went off on his own. He found that quiet time on his own. Um, for him, it was it was praying. But essentially, it was recharging and refocusing. And every leader, I believe, needs a powerhouse every single day. It might be half an hour each morning with a notebook, thinking, planning, reading something inspirational, might be praying, whatever that is for you. Whatever it is, though, here's the point. Don't let the mayhem of busyness break into your powerhouse. And I think it's critical. It's critical. Yeah, I love that. The mayhem of, can you say it again, the mayhem of chaos? Yeah, the, the mayhem of busyness. Of busyness. It's just the sense that you don't have time for that. Well, actually, if you don't have time for that, you, you're going you're gonna to fail. And, and, and Mark, there's a lot of noise out there as well all the time, right? So you're right. The busyness and letting that come into that powerhouse, you're right. So keep it out. Yeah. And you know the way I like to think about that, Dennis, is this, that you got to make sure if you're going to feed people, you got to have food in the pantry. Huh. You, don't, you don't have people come around to your house and then you go to the pantry and think, oh, gosh, I've got nothing to feed you. If you're going out as a leader every day, you've got to have food in your pantry. And how do you do that? It's your powerhouse. You've got to replenish your supplies. Nice. So that's the first one. Yep. Two to go. So this, the second one is this, is Jesus went for results, not for rules. And there's a classic story when he healed a man on what was called the Sabbath, which was a you know, religious day they had every week. And amazingly, get this, you know, it was an amazing miracle, right? And the religious leaders were more concerned that he'd healed someone on a religious day instead of the result that he'd achieved. They couldn't see the result because they were so stuck on rules. And the challenge, I think, as leaders is when things are fast-paced and they need to be fast-paced, rules will crush you every time. So as much as possible, I'd say forget the rules, go for results. People hated Jesus because he broke their rules, and it's going to be the same in business. Rules people will not see the result you're trying to achieve if it means you're breaking their rules. But I say forget them. Forget the, forget the rules as much as you can and go for results. And that's how you, that's how you continuously adapt in a fast-paced world. Excellent. Excellent. One more to go. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So so number number one was replenish the powerhouse. Yep. Number two is forget the rules, just uh, go, for, go results. for the results. Yeah. Yep. And, and number the third three. one is this, and this is where it gets back to changing lives. Jesus put aside his daily schedule to change a life. And, you know, he was often, you read it countless times, he was often on his way somewhere, he was on his way to do something, and then he encountered someone, he cleared his schedule, he, he never got to where he was intending to go, and he changed a life. And what I'd say is this, if your calendar is such that you can't cancel a meeting so you can meet the needs of a staff member or a colleague or a client, then you got it wrong. That's mm. not about purpose. And the thing is that people will remember a CEO or a senior leader if they're the people who have stopped to change a life or to help someone out. Yeah, and I and I I agree. I mean, if you if you're a leader and you are not present with people, have time with present uh, with people, as I should say, and as you say, put time aside from that busyness, as you said it, and have time with people. That's really important. I think the the thing here is sometimes people just want five minutes of your time. Mm. They may want to just get something off their chest. They just want you to hear something. They just want to say something, 
and they're away. They're they're all happy. But a lot of leaders are just too busy. Why? Because all I'm a manager and I've got meetings to go do and, and things like that. Well, that's all great. But if your purpose is to help people, as you're saying, Mark, that's a strong thing. Mm, that's right. Mm. Okay, good. Excellent. So the three things, again, just to recap, is personal powerhouse in your life, replenish that powerhouse. Number two is forget the rules and you know go for the results. And number three is put some side, time aside in your daily schedule to change a life. That's right. Great. Yeah, wow. So, team, I'm here with Mark Rees-Thomas, uh, who's uh, sharing some of his wisdom and insights in here around leadership is changing. Mark, just sort of uh, another question here for you, which is in the future, if we think about future stuff, where, where do you see leadership in, in five years? Yeah, you know, Dennis, I think um, the contrast between leadership and management is growing bigger and bigger. And people are, are less willing to follow poor leaders because they have choice. And leaders in the next five years, leaders now need to be transforming to be leaders of purpose who are focused on transforming people. And let's be honest, I don't want to disappoint people who are listening to this, but most of what we do today, most of what I do and the opinions I'm writing and the advice I'm giving, in five years, people won't even remember it, let alone 12 months from now. It can seem so important, and it is. We've got to give it our focus. We've got to be brilliant at what we do, absolutely. But in a few years, we'll all struggle to remember what we've done on this day, the 12th of June, 2020. But what does impact and what counts is what we do with the people that we meet along the way. You know, the easiest way to think about that if you're questioning that is, is think back to your school years. Can you remember any of the classes that you had, the actual content that you had? You probably can't. But what you can remember are the teachers and the impact they had on you, those who are bad and those who are good. So I say that because I think the key question to sum up, I guess, this conversation today, Dennis, from my perspective, my key question is this, what brand are you creating as a leader? What legacy are you building that people will remember? Because they will remember you, they won't remember what you do. Yep, and that is so strong, that uh, they're remembering you, for the way that you've and maybe handled them, what you've shared with them, and how you've done it with them, for sure. Yeah, and I, I don't know, Mark, um, for me as well, personally, I mean, I remember leaders and teachers and that I had over my years and what how they handled me in the sense of the way that they talked to me or the way that they helped develop me and things like that. For a lot of that was the way I am today. And, and as, you're right, it's actually really amazing. I remember 30 years ago, sitting in an office in a, in a tower block that you and I may have sat in years ago together with, and the leader shouting out, get in my office. Denny shouted out my name, get in my office. And I was like, whoa, and had to walk into that office in front of everybody. And But the tone he used was a little bit different. It was like, whoa, what's going on? So I walked going in the office thinking I'm going to be told off, and he shuts the door and he says, I love your attitude. Keep it up. You're going to go a long way. Now get out there and do some more work. And it's just like, <laughs> huh? But you know what? It's 30 years ago. And Mark, I'm still remembering that. Why? Because that's just the way he made me feel. And I think you're right. I mean, it's just how we, as leaders going forward, what we do going forward and how we look after people and how we treat them is going to be really, really important. It is around the brand, but it's also about the legacy that you're building as well going forward too. So, yeah. That's right. I remember one someone said to me, and you may have heard this quote too, Dennis, but people are less concerned about what you know, but they want to know how much you care. Mm. 
Yeah, until they know that you care, they don't really. They're not going to listen to you, are they? Mm. Well, listeners, we've had uh, Mark Reese Thomas on the call with us today on the show, and so Mark, thank you for joining us on today's show. If anyone wants to get a hold of you, Mark, how do they do that? The easiest way, Dennis, is just to search for me on LinkedIn, Mark Reese Thomas, and I can get in touch with you if you reach out. It'd be a pleasure to. Awesome. Hey, great. Thank you. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Look out for the episodes as they are published and have a listen, put a review and a rating, and let your friends know, your network, about the show. If there's any feedback you'd like to give me, feel free to send me an email at Dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. And if there is a question you want me to ask leaders going forward or on the other episode that I'll have, ask Dennis, feel free to ask me a question and I'll share that with you on the show. So listeners, thanks for joining us on Leadership is Changing. Have an awesome rest of the day and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.